Dream Life Worship Center in Randallstown, Maryland, is an uplifting church, helping people live their dreams and fulfill their purpose by following the Word of God. Enjoy this message. Second Samuel chapter number 9, verses 1 uh, through 13. For those of you who haven't read this week, we're just going to try to catch you up this morning. Amen? And I'm real hot up here, y'all. All right? Praise the Lord. Whatever you can do to help me. <laughs> Second Samuel chapter number, I tell you what, this is this time in life is something else, y'all. Second Samuel chapter number nine, verses one through 13. I'm going to read them very quickly in your hearing. And David said, and I'm, I'm reading from the amplified version just because I like it today. Um, all right. And David said, is there still anyone left in the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake. Here we see covenant here. And of the house of Saul, there was a servant whose name was Ziba. When they had called him to David, he said to him, are you Ziba? He said, I, your servant, am he. And king said, the king said, is there not still someone in the house of Saul to whom I may show the unfailing, unsought, and unlimited, glory to God, mercy and kindness of God? Zeba replied, Jonathan has yet a son who is lame in his feet. Verse 4 said, and the king said, where is he? Zeba replied, he's in the house of Makir, son of Amiel in Lodibar. Then the king David sent and brought him from the house of Makir, son of Amiel at Lodabar, and, and Mephibosheth, somebody say Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and did obeisance. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, your servant. David said to him, Fear not, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake and will restore somebody say restore to you all the land of Saul your grand your father your, who is his grandfather and you shall eat at my table always and the cripple is what the amplified says bowed himself and said what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I am then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given him your master's son, Mephibosheth, all that belonged to Saul and, and all of his house. And you, Ziba, shall till the land for Mephibosheth. You and your sons and your servants, you shall bring in the produce that your master's heir, that's Mephibosheth, may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And then Ziba said to the king, servant, I will do according to all my lord the king commands. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table. 
as one of the king's sons. Verse 12, Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in Ziba's house were servants to Mephibosheth. 13, so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, even though he was lame in both feet. I want to use for a subject today, take your seat at the table. And for those of you who have been to Bible school and you need a subtext, a a subject, when covenant comes full circle. Father, we thank you today for this time in your presence with the fellowship of the saints and God. We ask you to meet us here today and to breathe on your word and to breathe on your people. And we thank you for what you're going to do, what you're going to say to your people through your word today. Father, let us be full, open, and ready recipients of your move today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love this story. uh, And I sat (laughs) with this text all week for the last week and a half. And the more I dug into it, the more I read it, the more it blessed me. And the more it spoke to me, and I, I thought about a story of a waitress that um, had a customer that came in every day. I think it was in the Bronx. I follow a blogger, and some of you all may be familiar. The blog is called The Humans of New York, and I love it because it tells uh, amazingly beautiful stories of our humanity, And one of the stories that I read on uh, Humans of New York, uh, there was a waitress in New York who had a customer that would come into her every day. He was in his 90s, and he had no other family. And she would serve him every day. And not only would she serve him every day, she had extended her service to him by visiting with him, running his errands, checking in on him at his apartment. And so uh, it happened that her customer passed away and she was contacted by the customer's attorneys. And she found out that he had left her over $750,000 to his waitress, who he communicated with his attorney was actually his best friend. And so here she is, she finds herself struggling and receiving a surprise inheritance that she didn't even know was coming her way. This text reminded me of those kinds of stories, and I like to read those kinds of stories because I actually like to imagine that that's me. I like to I, I like to imagine that it's me. I like to imagine that, you know, I just meet somebody at Walmart and, you know, that the favor of God is just so on me that they, you know, ask for my name and address and send me something. I just like to just see how in my, in my imagination how I would respond and what I would say when I was on the news and... <laughs> And how I would just give God glory and say, oh, yes, <laughs> to God be the glory on the news. And, you know, that's just, you know, maybe it's just me. But I like to just, you know, put my imagination out there and just see if God meets me somewhere in that. 
like when we were young and we would go through the JCPenney catalogs and circle what we wanted and uh, just imagine that all of those things would arrive at the door. And so when I sat with this text, I, I thought about how this text is full of glimpses of how God surprises us on our journey. It's full of glimpses about covenant and, and about promises and about promises fulfilled. And it, it, it speaks to us about when covenant comes uh, full circle. It's just packed. The text is packed with powerful principles uh, that promise us and remind us that, number one, God has not forgotten you. And it reminds us that he is concerned about your situation no matter where your location is. He's concerned about your situation. And it also reminds us is that there is a Rehoboth places with our names on it. Rehoboth, remember, uh, we have been teaching, Dr. Ken had been teaching that Rehoboth means broad places. It, it means uh, spaces where God enlarges us. And here we find King David who is newly appointed as king. He was newly appointed as king. He wasn't newly anointed. He was newly appointed. And so even with that, we see that 15 years had passed between the time that King David was uh, anointed king to where he was appointed king. And before we dig deeper into the text, I want to sidebar here and, and, and shine a light on David's process and on the importance of process in the life of the believer. David was anointed king 15 years prior, and then uh, he becomes an, uh, appointed king by the elders in the land. But while David was processing, there were three things that his life was focused on. That was worship, that was warfare, and that was waiting. Somebody say that, worship, warfare, and waiting. Those three principles are always a part of our process, worship warfare and waiting from the time God called David from the backside of the mountain and looked through all of his brothers and his father identified him as the one that the prophet was seeking to anoint him 15 years he worshiped he warred and he waited and this is what God is reminding us of in the in in the backdrop of this text today is that things don't necessarily Necessarily happen or take place in our life in the time frame that we have in mind. Am I the only one who has experienced that? But God has a process, and in God's process, he's always getting the glory as we worship and as we war and as we wait. And so then he goes in search of a way to fulfill his covenant with the house of Saul. If you know the backdrop of the story, 
Uh, David had come into covenant with Jonathan, who was the son of Saul. Now, you all remember Saul. Saul was the king who was troubled. Saul was a king who was, uh, 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 he, he had uh, uh, emotional imbalances. Saul was the king who had the ego that ultimately destroyed him. And Saul could not handle the glory that was on David's life, so he allowed his imbalances and, 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 and to, to turn against David. Do you all remember when evil spirits would torment Saul and God anointed David to come and play anointed music to drive the evil spirits out. And so reminder here that, 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 uh, David came into covenant with the son of Saul, who was Jonathan. Covenant is not popular these days, but covenant is just as powerful. Covenant is a formal, solemn, and binding agreement. The kind of covenant loyalty that we see between David and Jonathan should characterize our relationships in the body of Christ. Not only are we in covenant with God, we we are in covenant with one another. I want to say that again. Not only are we in covenant with God, we are in covenant with one another. You cannot, I heard someone say the other day, and it resonated with me, you cannot love uh, God and hate his church. You cannot love God and hate his bride. Hey, that's somebody like somebody saying they love Dr. Ken, but they hate me. That's somebody like somebody saying they love your wife, but they can't stand you. You cannot love the head of the church and hate his body. Did you hear what I said? So again, we are not only in covenant with God, but we are in covenant with one another. And although unpopular in the day of cancel culture, loyalty and honored are endangered principles. And so David here is newly appointed and he seeks to honor his agreement with his covenant brother Jonathan who was deceased by finding a way to bless Jonathan's seed. I am so glad that covenant hallelujah is what God stands on. I am so glad that I am in covenant with God and he is in covenant with me and it is a binding agreement whatever God said he would do he will do. Did you hear what I said? Whatever God has spoken, whatever he has written, it will come to pass because he is a covenant keeping God. Hebrews 8 and 6 says, but now have we obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is. Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. Somebody say, I'm so glad God is a covenant keeping God. Deuteronomy 7 and 9 says it like this. Know therefore that the Lord 
thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to what? A thousand generations. I am so glad that God is a covenant keeping God. When we live in a culture and a world today where you can trust very few, I said you can trust very few, you can trust very few people, very few relationships, very few politicians and world leaders and community leaders. You can trust very few spiritual leaders. You can trust very few. But God is a covenant-keeping God who is worthy of my trust. Somebody say, God is trustworthy. So when we look at the text in 2 Samuel, verse number 1, we see here that David is seeking a way, glory to God, to honor his covenant. And not only to honor his covenant, David is looking for a way, if you would allow me to say it in 2021 vernacular, he is looking for a way to use his platform for God's glory. He's looking for a way to use what God has given him, glory to God, to honor God. And so in verse 1, he says, is there anyone, is there anyone left in the house of Saul who that I can show kindness to? Note here, he didn't say, is there anyone worthy that I can show kindness to? Note here, he didn't say, is there anyone qualified that I can show kindness to? Somebody needs to praise God right there. That God is not looking for your worthiness, and nor is he looking for your qualifications. Glory to God. I can tell you what he's looking for. He's looking for your covenant. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul? Hmm, not worthy, not qualified. All I need to do is find someone that I am cut in covenant with and that is what God is reminding us of this morning that his covenant I said it a few weeks ago a few months ago your covenant is more powerful than your color your covenant is more powerful than your social economical place in life. Your covenant is more powerful than your situations, than your circumstance, than your pedigree, than your bloodline. Your covenant outweighs it all. And just like David, the Holy Spirit is saying, is there anyone I can find to bless on this morning? Glory to God. So we see here in the scripture that he says to them, uh, there is somebody in the house of Saul. There is someone in the house of Saul. His name is Mephibosheth. He is the one who you can bless. He said, I want to show them the unfailing, unsought, unlimited mercy and kindness of God. Say, yeah, his name is Mephibosheth. I want you to note in the scripture, not only did they say his name is Mephibosheth, but it says that he is a lame in both feet. Do you see how his label, glory to God, immediately preceded his name, glory to God? He said his name is Mephibosheth, he's lame in both feet, and glory to God, he is down there 
in Lodabar. I want to talk about Lodabar for just a few moments because it's important for us to understand where Mephibosheth found himself. Found himself in a place called Lodabar that literally means a place of no pasture. This is what it means, a place of no nourishment, a place of no fulfillment, a place of rejection and desolation and isolation on the other side of Jerusalem, on the other side of the opposite side, the wrong side of the city, the wrong side of the tracks. Actually, Lodabar in those days was considered the ghetto. Yes, it was considered the ghetto. It was not a nice neighborhood. You didn't want to find yourself there at night. You didn't want to find yourself there in the alley. Glory to God. If you visited your people in Lodabar, you left before the sun went down. Oh, yes, you did. You left before the sun went down. And so this is where uh, Mephibosheth was. He was in a place, the scripture says, of no pasture. There was nothing there mm, that was sustainable for him. There was nothing there that, uh, that, that he could feed on, that he could grow with. It was a place of no nourishment. How did he get to Lodabar? Second Samuel chapter number four tells us that when, uh, when Saul and Jonathan's kingdom was coming to an end, when they were put to death, when they were ambushed, the Bible said in 2 Samuel 4 and 4, you can read it on your own. It said, Jonathan, Saul's son, he said he was five years old hmm, when the news came that his father and his grandfather was dead. And the boy's nurse, the scripture says, took him up and fled, and in her haste, he fell. She dropped him. Somebody say she dropped him. She dropped him and he became lame. I want to talk about that for just a moment because some of us today have had people who should have helped us. People, glory to God, who was supposed to have lifted us up, glory to God, and kept us safe. Those same people are the people who ended up hurting us. I want you to see yourself in this text today, Mephibosheth. I I want you to see yourself, glory to God, in the word of God. His nurse, the one who was supposed to have cared for him and protected him and gotten him safely from point A to point B, the scripture says that she dropped him. She didn't mean to do it, but she did it. And some of you are still experiencing the residue in your life of being dropped. I want you to say amen right there. Some of us are still experiencing the residue of being dropped. I said you've been divorced. You were dropped. You were abandoned. You were dropped. You were fired. You were dropped. People disconnected from you. You were dropped. Glory to God. You were overlooked. You were dropped. Come on. You are experiencing the residue of being dropped. Whether they meant to do it or not, you still have to deal with the consequences and the repercussions of being dropped and just like Mephibosheth as a result of him being dropped he was lame in both his 
feet, glory to God. He was unable to move, glory to God. His progress was inhibited. He was unable, glory to God, to navigate and to move about in life because of what somebody else's carelessness toward him. Here's what I want to declare to you today. You need to release the people that dropped you and let them go. Did you hear what I said? You need to release them and you need to let them go. You need, I'm going to declare it a few more times, uh, hallelujah, until it penetrates your soul. You need to release them and let them go. You think you're holding them captive and you're only holding yourself captive. Glory to God. They down the street at the barbecue, hallelujah, sucking on a rib and you at home by yourself. Glory to God. Because you will not release them and let them go. What I found out in life is that many times the things that happen to us and that we experience, glory to God, hallelujah, if it wasn't you, it would be somebody else. Many, oh yes it would. Many times the things that happen in our life have nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with them. They mistreated Betty, they're gonna mistreat you, glory to God. It's about our own brokenness, hallelujah, our own in uh, uh, our own issues and idiosyncrasies that cause us to hurt. I said, release them and let them go. You've got to make a decision today. So he said he, he found himself in Lodabar because he had been dropped. He was unable to walk. He, he was unable to stand. He was, I know, you can, I know you can identify. He was unable to move forward. He was unable, glory to God, to progress because he had been dropped in life. But the scripture says that when my mother and my father forsake me, then will the Lord take me up. You've got to let them go and allow the Lord to lift you up. You've got to release them, glory to God, and allow God to take up the place and make up the space, glory to God, and fill the void. Hallelujah. Some of the people that dropped you did the best they could. The scripture didn't say she threw him to the ground. It says she dropped him trying to help him. Here's what I want to remind you of today. Some of the people who you are holding captive, who ultimately are holding you captive, they did the best they could with what they had. Did you hear? They didn't have the capacity. Glory to God. They didn't know what. They just thought mama and them, they did the best they could. Come on. Let your mama go. Let your daddy go. They were broken when you came into the world. You just happened to be glory to God a product of their brokenness glory to God you need to release them and let them go so he was in Lodabar he was in Lodabar he was living below the bar he was in Lodabar some of us are in Lodabar it is the opposite of Rehoboth he was living below the bar on the other side. The king said, go down to get him. I need you to reach down and get him. I need you to reach down and go get him. That is what the Holy Ghost is doing today for some of us. He's reaching down and pulling us up, pulling us up out of Lodabar. 
It is where Saul's family fled when his enemies were after him. The, the people who were left from Saul's family, they fled and they, and they fled to Lodabar. And so what it says to us is that Mephibosheth was not only in a place of no pasture and not only was he lame and unable to move about and unable to move forward, but if Saul's uh, uh, family was there, then it says to us that he had constant reminders of him of defeat he had constant reminders around him about defeat because of the people that were around him his bitterness was cultivated glory to God his resentment was cultivated I want to tell you today that sometimes the people we love the most our family our loved ones can cultivate bitterness and resentment in us and it come on it would bless us if we would recognize even with the people we we love the most those who may be holding us back from what God has planned for our lives. These are the difficult conversations. These, these are the difficult places to be in when you discover, glory to God, that you're in a cycle of generational things that, you, that God is trying to break you out of. When you realize, glory to God, that you're on repeat, I said, when you realize that when you're on repeat, glory to God, when you realize that you love them, you have affection for them, they've loved you, they've been there for you, but guess what? They've been there for you in Lodabar hallelujah and because God has a covenant with you it is not his plan for you to stay in Lodabar in 2nd Samuel chapter number 9 David says go and get him for his father's sake glory to God I want you to know that God is bringing you into a larger space not because of you but because of who your father is I said not because of you and I but because of who your father is somebody said in the atmosphere because of who my father is he said, go get him. I want to bless him for his father's sake. And look, he says in the scripture, I'm going to restore to Mephibosheth. I'm going to restore to him everything that belonged to Saul's house. I'm going to restore to him. Listen, this is what I'm talking about when I'm declaring surprise blessings. Because Mephibosheth was five years old. He didn't even know, glory to God, that there was another way to live his life. He had never been exposed, glory to God, in his memory bank of a better way. Hallelujah. He looked up and he was just in a broken place. God is about to surprise you in this season. I want to prophesy that to you. God is about to restore you in this season. And he's going to restore you to some places that you didn't even know you were entitled to. Somebody should clap their hands right now about God restoring you you he said in the scripture you can read it more thoroughly when you get home he said I'm going to restore to you the land that belongs to you I'm going to restore to you the provision that belongs to you he said you got some things glory to God tied up that you don't even realize belong to you but I'm going to release them to you in this sing in, in this season in verse 8 2nd Samuel chapter 9 we see that Mephibosheth said uh, I cannot believe that you're looking upon such a dead dog as I and here is where the identity crisis steps in 
When God is trying to get something to us, but we self-sabotage because we do not realize who we really are. Somebody say amen. He said, I got to give you all of this. I'm in covenant with you. I promised your father. I owe it to God to be good to you, to be kind to you. He said, you're Mephibosheth, you're Jonathan's son. Anything that he had is yours now. Anything that I have is yours now. And Mephibosheth not, said, not me, I am not worthy. That's why you got to stop declaring this negative self-talk over your life about how you're not worthy and about how you don't belong and how you can't don't fit in glory to God you don't belong in this neighborhood and you don't belong at this group glory to God I'm just a dirty dog I'm just a wretch undone stop repeating that religious glory to God dogma over your life hallelujah and you need to begin to declare over your life who God says you are Mephibosheth had an identity crisis he was confused he didn't understand why David wanted to show kindness to him he said I'm just a dirty dog but no David said no you are worthy glory to God I am in covenant with you when that's what you have got to understand You've got to begin to tell yourself that I am a royal priesthood. I am a chosen generation. I am a holy person. I am God's special possession. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You've got to remind yourself today that the Father has lavished his love on you. And he calls you a child of God. I said you've got to remind yourself today. If if you don't, if you don't begin to remind yourself, you're going to miss Rehoboth in your life. Did you hear what I said? If you don't begin to remind yourself in the word about who you really are and who God created you to be, you're going to miss Rehoboth in your life. You've got to remind yourself that you're salt and that you're light. You're an heir and a joint heir. You are a royal diadem. Glory to God. In the hand of God, you are the apple of God's eye. You are his body and you are his bride the scripture says uh, you are more than a conqueror it says you are no longer your own that you are redeemed you are redeemed and that you are bought with a price you are his workmanship see you're not excited enough because you forgot who you were I said you're not excited enough this morning because you forgot who you were. Glory to God. You've let the reminders in your environment uh, cause you to forget what God said about you. You are the thought of God. You are the epitome of God's creation. Hallelujah. You are a new creature. You are fearfully. Uh, he took his time with you. Somebody say God took his time with me. You are a new creation, fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, if God was careful with me, how am I going to let you mishandle me? 
I said, if God was careful with me, why am I going to sit back and let you down talk me and abuse me and condescend over me? Glory to God. And tell me where I don't belong and what I don't deserve. God, even God, the master of the universe, the king who sits on the throne, took his time. He was careful with me. Somebody say, God was careful with me. Some of y'all take too much stuff off of people. Did you hear what I said? You've been conditioned. You've been conditioned. Glory to God. It passed down from slavery times. I want to prophesy to you today. Some of you conditioned to lay low in the name of humility. Some of you have been conditioned to sit back and let it ride in the name of religion. But I came to tell you today, there's something that God is stirring up on the inside of you today that God is causing calling you to more God is calling you to bigger God is calling you to better you are the epitome of his creation you are God's child born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God you better get in your word again you better stir yourself up by way of remembrance you better remember who you are in God God, I am a child of God, born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, incorruptible. That means I cannot be broken. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be overtaken. And God has a seat at the table for me. Oh, I'm trying to finish. The scripture says that you are only ever above, never beneath. I'm only ever above and never beneath. I am the righteousness of God. I am God's masterpiece created in Jesus Christ uh, unto good works. You better know who you are. If you don't know who you are, the enemy will run game on you down in Lodabar for the rest of your life. I'm the beloved of God. I'm God's offspring. I am a partaker of his divine nature. I'm a citizen of the kingdom and a citizen of heaven. I'm a king and I'm a priest unto God. Hallelujah. I am fit to partake in the inheritance of the saints. I'm a benefactor. In other words, I'm a beneficiary of something much larger than myself. And if you read the text and study the text, you will see that down in verse 10, ah, God began to flip the script on Mephibosheth's behalf. David said, listen, here's what I'm going to do for the sake of my covenant. Here's what's going to happen. Zeba, the people who were allowing you to live with them, I'm going to cause them to serve you. I think Jesus said it like this. He said, the first shall be last. Hey, and the last shall be first. Can I prophesy that God is turning things around in your life even right now. God is giving you a Rehoboth experience. Oh, the scripture says... The scripture says in verse 9 and 10, he said, they're going to till the land for you. They're going to work for you. 
They're going to bring you produce. Hallelujah. They're going to till your land and said, you're going to have food to eat. I want you to see verse 10. This will blow your spiritual mind today. Verse 10, he says, they're going to bring you food, but you don't even have to touch it. He said, you don't even have to touch the food that they bring you from the land that belongs to you. Because what's going to happen is Mephibosheth is going to come to my table to eat. Did you hear what I said? Everything that the devil has stolen from Mephibosheth, God flipped it around and caused his enemy to be his footstool. He said, they're going to work for you. They're going to till the land. They're going to bring you the food. And the goods, all you got to do is look at it and say, no, not today. I think I'm going to go down to the king's house and eat at the king's table. Isn't that just like God? He said, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Somebody say, I'm a beneficiary. I'm a benefactor. Of something larger than myself. Says the Bible says. You don't have to eat what they bring you. You have a seat at my table. Glory to God. You have a seat at my table. Verse 13 says. Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. God changed. Glory to God. His location. God changed his situation. Glory to God. God flipped the script in his favor. And verse 13, as I close, says this. Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem and he ate continually at the king's table. Oh, but I love the way that the scripture closes out. I love the last thing that he says. It said he ate at the king's table. Mm, but he was lame in both his feet. Can I prophesy to you today that where God is bringing you, your disability won't even be seen. It will no longer be seen. How many people's feet can you see under the table? Hey, you can't even see his feet at the table. You can't see what's going on with his lameness and his disability. They're hidden under the glory of God. God is hiding your flesh. God is hiding your lameness. God is hiding your disability and is hidden under the table. Can somebody stand to your feet and declare it this morning? Ah, my issue is hidden under the table. You're not excited enough. God is taking you to places where the things you thought would hold you back are not even seen to the natural eye. Oh, people are going to wonder how you got there, who opened the door, how you showed up, how the promotion happened. And it's going to be a table. They can't even see your feet. They can't even see. Listen, somebody had to carry Mephibosheth to the table somebody say carry me Jesus you're not excited enough say carry me Jesus ah when you're at a table ah God said I'm preparing a feast for you at the table of the king I really want you to receive this this morning how many times have you sat at a table ah glory to God you can't see his feet you can't see his lameness under the 
the table. All you can see is from here up. God is hiding you under the shadow of his glory. God is hiding you in the cleft of the rock. God is hiding you, come on somebody, in the secret place of his tabernacle. And he has prepared Rehoboth for you. He says, stretch forth your cords. Enlarge the place of your tents. He said, make room for what I'm doing in your life. He said, and while you're focused on your issue, I'm hiding your issue for my glory. He said, when you look up, you'll be seated among people and uh, in situations and in places that you never thought you would go. Not because of me, not because of you, but because of your covenant with God. Uh, and because of his love, he lavishes with us with his love. And many of us have been below the bar for too long. Glory to God. Eating ghetto food, thinking ghetto thoughts, glory to God in ghetto conversation and God said I want you to come to Jerusalem, I want you to come up higher, I want you to come and sit, come on, some of y'all I'm finished, some of y'all about to be like Sophia, on the color purple, did you hear what I said did you see her when they set her free from jail, you remember y'all black folk, y'all know about the color purple you remember when she got out of jail and she came home and for a moment, glory to God, for a moment she was sitting at the table looking low and despondent, remembering how battered and bruised and broken she was. Hallelujah. But before you know it, I'm prophesying this to you. Before you know it, God is going to remind you of your identity. The people around her begin to welcome her home. They welcomed her to the table. They were glad to see you, Sophia. I'm so glad you're back. We love you so much. And before you know it, Sophia said, pass me the bread. Pass me the lemonade. Pass me the wine. I'm so glad to have a seat at the table. Would you lift your hands and open up your mouth right where you are and prepare to go to higher places? Y'all not excited enough this morning. Now don't be mad when your neighbor end up in places and spaces. I want you to praise your way right out of Lodabar, right at the king's table. Somebody say, pass me the wine, pass me the wine, pass me the wine, pass me the wine. Oh yes, wines of refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, pass me the wine. I'm prophesying. This is a, 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 a prophetic declaration. Pass Pass me the wine, pass me the wine, pass me the wine, pass me the wine. See down in Lodabar, y'all drinking that cheap stuff. Y'all come on about the natural, because if you got an issue, God's going to deliver that today. But down in Lodabar, you, 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 you had taste buds for Coke 45, you see. Down in 
Gilboa, you're drinking that cheap stuff. Did you hear me? But over at the king's table, you're saying, pass me the wine. I prophetically declare to you, say it, decree it, pass me the wine. Pass me the bread. Give me the best. Hallelujah. Give me the meat of the word. Give me the fellowship of the saints. Give me my inheritance. Somebody bless the Lord. 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 God is changing your palate. He's changing your taste buds. Glory to God. He's changing your taste. You're sitting at a new table now. It's Rehoboth for you. No more cheap stuff. It's Rehoboth. No more rickety rackety chairs and bar stools. You got to sit at the table now. No more plastic spoons and plastic forks. Come on about the natural. No more paper plates. Now you're sitting. God is elevating your taste for the things of the kingdom. God is elevating and changing your, oh, your level of expectation no longer is in Lodabar. Can you just slip your hands up all over the room? Woo! He is faithful that is promised. He that hath begun a good work in you. He will perform it. He will perform it. You just got comfortable there. You just, that's all. You just got comfortable there. And you, you, you got comfortable there. God is raising the standard. And he's saying that your covenant now is coming full circle. But I need you to expect it. I need you, glory to God, I don't need you to not return the call when they call you. The story that I told you about the waitress, she said she had several calls from the attorney on her answering service, her voicemail. And she didn't return it because she thought it was a sales call. I want you to get in expectancy where you expect God to take you to new heights and new depths and new levels and new seats at the table and if this resonates with you if you feel comfortable I want you to approach this altar because I want to prophesy some things I want to declare some things over your life prophetically glory to God you can put your mask on it's your choice glory to God but I want to prophesy some things to you prophetically because I know what it's like to have to try to break cycles of thought from over your life glory to God in cycles of lack, in cycles of indifference, in cycles of bitterness, in cycles of same old, same old, same old, same old. Cycles of boredom and unfulfillment and cycles, glory to God. And thought processes that cause you to believe that nothing is going to change. Am I the only one that nothing is going to shift, that nothing is going to change? But I prophesy to you today, glory to God, Mephibosheth, hallelujah, that your covenant is coming full circle. I prophesy you 
to you today in the name of Jesus that you no longer say that you're unworthy. I prophesy to you today that you no longer talk yourself out of what God has for you. Yes, you've experienced good, but I prophesy that you're about to experience better and that you're about to experience best. Glory to God. The best of relationships. Hallelujah. The best of the peace of God. The best of the love of God. Glory to God. The best in your finances. The best. I break negative cycles of regret over your life. In the name of Jesus. I break cycles of bitterness. In the name of Jesus. I break cycles of callousness over your life. In the name of Jesus. I break cycles. Hallelujah. Of past hurts and past pains from over your life. In the name of Jesus. And I declare, Mephibosheth, hallelujah, that God is enlarging the borders of your tents right now. And I declare and prophesy, hallelujah, that God is covering, hallelujah, your inconsistencies. And that they no longer matter for where God has destined for you to go. I prophesy, hallelujah, that your lameness will no longer hinder you. Glory to God. Your disability will no longer hinder you. In the things of God. Now in the name of Jesus. Every person. Every person that is here today. I thank you now. That, they, you, that you are searching them out. Even as David searched out Mephibosheth. I thank you now that you are searching them out and that you're looking hallelujah to lavish them with your love even now in the name of Jesus and that you're looking to bless them and that you're looking to enlarge them and I thank you that they are responding they are responding to the voice of God and I just I declare now that they are saying yes Lord here am I I'm a beneficiary I declare that they're saying yes Lord here am I I'm a recipient. I declare that they are saying, yes, Lord, here am I. Bless me. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. I thank you now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That you're breaking it. That you're breaking it. That you're reversing it. Hallelujah. That you're healing it. That you're cutting it away. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on say amen amen seals it amen agrees with it hallelujah amen prophesies that so be it in Jesus name amen 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 hallelujah I wish you would just bless his name all the way back to your seat oh glory to God hallelujah I wish you would just bless his name all the way back to your seat. Hallelujah. I wish you would just bless his name all the way back to your seat. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, hallelujah. I wish you would just bless his name right from your seat. Hallelujah. Hey, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We thank you. We bless you. Hallelujah. If you, if you don't know the Lord today, 
Listen, if you don't know him, if you don't know him, if you know that when eternity meets you and greets you, that you don't know where you'll be spending it at. If you don't know that you're saved, that you have ever accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If you don't know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. If you're here in the sanctuary, I want you to raise your hand because we want you to lead you to Christ. If you're here in the sanctuary, if you're streaming, if you don't know him, you know. Come on. You know if your life is not right with God. You know. Amen. If you're streaming and your life is not right with God, all of these tables and all of these blessings, they're wonderful for the saint of God, but you've got to know God for yourself first. Amen. You've got to be saved. You have got to accept him so that you can escape. People don't want to talk about it so that you can escape eternal damnation. Amen. There is but one way to God and that is through Jesus Christ. And so if you're listening to me and then you want to be saved, I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus came to redeem us and to save us from our sins. And according to the scripture, I confess the Lord Jesus with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. And now God, forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood and make me new. Make me a new creature in you. And I thank you that I received the salvation of the Lord. I thank you that you have washed me in your blood. In Jesus' name, I am yours. I surrender my life. I give my heart and I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I need you to get to a Bible-believing church in the fellowship and a community of believers. Did you hear what I said? That's what I need you to do. Listen, I need you to get in a fellowship of believers and get rooted and grounded and planted and discipled so that God can keep you in the way of the word in Jesus name and dream life is the best place to go and my, hey it's the best place to be come on over to dream life join us virtually we are here for you God bless you we'd like to thank you for watching our live broadcast we hope you enjoyed the word that was specifically prepared for you to hear today Visit www.dreamlifewc.com.